Ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Ah, another lovely Sunday afternoon. I'm still kind of, I can hear myself now. I'm still a little blocked up. Uh, this week has not been fun for me. I have been laid up ill, which is never fun. Channeling that oh, inner God. Barry White, baby. <laughs> That's what I should do. Just start talking real low like this. <laughs> then no one will even notice and just think something's, oh, something else is wrong with me is what will be going on. But uh, no, back again here in Beer Geeks, and we have a really nice one this week. Uh, you know, every once in a while some stuff comes across the table, and it's like, you know, i got to see how this is, and I never got to try anything from them before, and uh, so it's going to be all brand new on the shows. We're tasting these. We have Town Hall Brewery. They are from Minneapolis, Minnesota. They're a brew pub, so these aren't even bottled, so this is all growlers we have here trying. They, they won a bunch of stuff at GABF. There's all these really great buzz around them, and, and it's kind of on the backing of when we had Surly on uh, a few months ago. We talked to Omar, the owner of Surly Brewing, which is another great Minnesota-based brewery, and uh, you know, just kind of wanted to showcase. It's an, inter- it's an interesting area, the Midwest, because uh, for for a long time, it's been that area you see when you fly from New York to Los Angeles. <laughs> like, it's in was, a way. Yeah, that was kind of it. It was like, oh, this is making this trip so much longer. If we could just eliminate this part. But, uh, you know, it, it's really an up-and-coming area. You see a lot of great breweries popping up in this area. And uh, we're going to be talking to the brewmaster, Mike Hoops, later on about some of the great beers. And uh, we're trying one of them now. But we'll get into that. But let's get into some beer news first. Uh, now... One of the things, and we said it last week, and uh, we'll probably have another one to talk about next week, is another issue with, you know, not, not, this is not a buyout, as uh, we've been talking about, but uh, Dogfish had announced this week that they sold a 15% stake in the company to LNK Partners, a private equity firm. This one, it, it all depends on, and it's a fun thing about the internet, is uh, depends where you're getting your information, how this is worded. And I love seeing this because things will pop up and make it sound terrible and that everything's going to hell and this is there we're done and and then you go to the other ones and it's like no this is what's going on it's no big deal because really when you actually read what's going on you didn't do a you know clickbait headline grab you actually saw that basically what it was was they're looking for an uh, injection of cash to help the brewery grow to the next level because they're at that point and really from a business standpoint when you're getting to that point of being a fairly large business and you need a cash injection to get to the next you don't really want to put your own in because then you're going back through those growing pains of starting a business and once you go through that, you God, you don't want to ever go through that again. And so that's what they look to a private equity firm with the full intent of once this is done, they're paying them back and moving on. This is a, it happens a lot, and people just don't even notice it. Too. Yeah, I think isn't it, isn't it what Terrapin did at at one point with, yeah, with, with, with Core, yeah, with Miller Core, and then they bought it back. But the, correct? No, the, they they stayed with them because okay. they, they kind of worked with them. I think they're like twenty percent, I believe, was what Terrapin has. But they they were because they were happy with the relationship. Yeah, but, and that's also Miller Core's as another brewery. This is a total private equity firm. Has yeah. no skin in the game of brewing. They basically took out a loan. Yeah, that's basically that's what, it what they did. Yeah. It was a, it was a loan, and like you know, you're taking out a loan. You got to put something on the line. Fifteen percent of the company yep. sounds good to me. Yeah, and that's really all that it was. But when they announced it, and you saw the people online, and they they were very adamant to come out and talk about you know the craft beer credentials and being still a part of it and all the things that they do because they don't want that to happen because that's not what's going on. They're not being bought out. Uh, Sam Calgioni has been very, very vocal about all the stuff that he's gone through and the crap that he's gone through from large brewing companies and how he's fought back against them. So it, I can never see him just going, oh, well, you know what. The funny part is it was probably in the works for a long time and it just came at just the right time when yeah. all these kind all of buyouts ones, yeah. and, and, and partnerships are coming out, and he's like, oh, man, now I have to explain that yeah. we basically took out a loan, but people aren't going to agree. No, because there's <laughs> been so many announcements. Like, it's, it's funny because it's like right after GABF, so you kind of wonder what was going on on GABF because right after that you saw all these things popping out, but that's why it, that there's none, none of these things are, hey, I just met you last week. Here's a couple million dollars for your company. <laughs> like These are deals that have been working for a long time. But uh, no, that'll be interesting to see where that goes. But that's really the intent of it was just taking out a loan and the intent to pull it, pay it back and just help the brewery grow to that next level. And they're well on their way of growing. I mean, they're one of the largest craft breweries. Uh, and speaking of GABF, I wanted to kind of announce we have a ton of Pennsylvania breweries actually one out of GABF. I won't get into the metals and the specifics, but this year alone we had Sly Fox, Saucony Creek, Iron Hill, Church Brewworks, Susquehanna Brewing. Marley's Brew Pub and Stouts all won medals at GABF this year. All Pennsylvania breweries. 
Well done, boys. Well done. And uh, yeah, it's. I Way mean, to represent, right? We, yeah, we, I mean, it's one of the winningest states, I would say, uh, Pennsylvania. We had a lot of great breweries killing it out there this year, which is great. And they're all really. I mean, SBC is right here in our backyard, so it's cool to have them you know, no. killing it with that. And uh, so let's get into some new beers that are coming out. Uh, new Belgium announced they have a hop stout coming out in their Lips of Fate series. It's supposed to be a hundred IBU stout. So be interesting to see how it plays. I mean, that's kind of one of the things like when you're messing around with in your kitchen. Those uh, contrasting flavors can be really good or awful. Well, a stout, man, a, a hundred IBUs. That doesn't not, say yeah. much because I've had a couple of Russian Imperials that no hops whatsoever at yeah. hundred IBUs. It's about balance. So we'll see what. Yeah, that's what I want to see how they kill with that one. But uh, Wicked Weed announced, and I, I love Wicked Weed, and they have been phenomenal. Everything I've had from them, we had them on the show. Uh, they came out with. They're going to be coming out with their Incor. Angible IPA. Uh, it's an IPA brewed with oranges and cocoa nibs. And for them to do that, it'll be interesting because I really love what they're doing. They have their freaking nature, which is one of the best double IPAs you're ever going to have. Uh, so they really know what they're doing with IPAs. So it'll be interesting to see them tinkering with that a little bit. And speaking of tinkering, Stone has another collab coming out. It's called Sorry Not Sorry. And it's a, <laughs> a collab uh, that's with an IPA brewed with peaches. So... They've been really, I love their their collaboration beers have been phenomenal. Yeah, so. their collabs are nice. Um, and uh, also announcement, we, we moved the date, but we have it all ironed out, and we'll get the menu up this week and everything. But our Dinner with the Dead that we were doing with our good uh, friend, Chef Gene Philbin from Peculiar Culinary, uh, is going to be Wednesday, October 21st. Uh, we are going to be uh, showing Night of Living Dead, the original black and white classic, with uh, full course meals and good beers. So it's going to be a very good time. So we'll start getting more of that stuff up uh, probably this week on all the social media stuff. I've been kind of slow on it this week because of being sick. Because when I'm sick, it's the last yeah, thing I want to yeah, do is yeah. sit there. I'm going to be sitting on Facebook posting stuff, and I'm sitting there barely able to sit up. So. <laughs> By the way, but, uh, congratulations to Chef Gene on the truck. Yes, yeah. Gene. Oh, it's finally. Yeah, we, we, we mentioned that on there. All the people, thank you for donating if you did for the Kickstarter. Uh, Gene finally got the truck, and they're, they're getting it to... Really be out running soon. But what it seems is by the end of the year, they should be out there slinging some uh, peculiar food out of the truck, which would be good because this stuff's so good. So, I mean, if you haven't been out to when we did the Pulp Fiction, definitely want to come out to the Dinner with the Dead, get to see an awesome movie right in time for Halloween. And uh, another thing coming up, Billy, you could talk about this one, the yeah, Fall the Fest the Fall backyard. Fest, yeah, coming up next week. So, I'm pumped. We have a little, uh, I guess, a blind tiger tasting. You want to nice. put a little wink, yeah. wink, uh, if, some some ultra. If you're into any of the stuff we've been doing on the show, you, you want to get on that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. If you Our, like good beer, air, air quotes, good beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sat, what is that, Saturday and Sunday? Saturday and Sunday, 12 to noon. You can find details on the on the. Wait, uh, you're on to do 12, 12 to noon, that's a really short fest, yeah. Bill. <laughs> oh, a really long one. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> Well, that's for the for the blind tiger. the The festival runs all weekend. So. And you were you were talking uh, before the show something real interesting. You're gonna do like a live brew day. Yeah. So actually, we're having a homebrew demonstration on Sunday. So you know, we're uh, the the Scranton Home uh, Homebrew Guild. Uh, I think yeah. that's how they're you know they're gonna be doing demonstration along with uh, the boys from Three Guys in a Beard. So we're gonna be do- came up with a recipe uh, uh, last week. So we're gonna be brewing that on site during the festival. We got great music, food, everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Check out the deets on. On the That's Facebook or the do. web or whatever. So, so but, Billy won't be here next weekend, is what we're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we have our first beer in the glass from Town Hall, and uh, starting out with a bang, we have this is their 10th anniversary Fresh Hop 100 American IPA, lovely Fresh Hop IPA, six and a half percent ABV. Uh, this is another great seasonal, you know, kind of around the fall. People always think of Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers, but Fresh Hop beers come come a plenty as well this time of year, and there's some really good ones, and it's, it's just nice when they're done well, and this is really done well and a great way to start this out because it's a little lighter but very very clean but you get a lot of hot punch without being overly bitter like it has really nice balance in this and it is super super clean which is great like i love like a really clean one like this this is 6.5 percent it's drinking like 10 which is what i I always love when a beer can bring that much flavor at a lower abv um i didn't expect this to come out of the growler i'm really (laughs) impressed right out out of the chute so it's delicious. Yeah. That's, a, that's like one of the first things we commented. Like, when did you get this? Like, yeah. how was yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so fresh, and, and it's it's just really great to have that ability to have a fresh hop come through and have that presence, but still have that balance. Because yeah. that's the one of the things that can get kind of dangerous when you're getting to the whole fresh hop thing is the oils and everything going on. Like, you have to 
pay a little extra attention to what you're doing as you're, as you're going into the IPA category because it can kind of take over in a way that you don't, and then you get this astringency that's just not pleasing, and there's been some fresh hops or like that just just because they're fresh. You know, it's, it's like anything. Like, you know, uh, I forget what director it was, but he's like, you know, just because you can put a thousand wild horses running down a hallway doesn't mean you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that that's the kind of the thing you have to pay attention to in the brewing is, you know, just because you have fresh hops doesn't mean you should use them unless you really know what you're doing with them. And it, it, brewers always, I mean, they always hark on balance, and this is balance personified. You know what I mean? It's absolutely beautiful from the malt base to the hop profile and then within the hops all the flavors that you're getting at it from you know a little bit of floral a little bit of dank a little bit of citrus the whole mm-hmm. nine everything's there in spades and perfect yeah that's what's nice too is like having those flavors playing well with each other nothing's taking off it's not overly piney not overly citrusy it has this nice it's almost like a little line of dominoes that you get tick 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 right in a row the little yeah, flavors yeah. come through and then it has a nice clean finish yeah so you kind of get get what you gets in get get what you want out of it and gets out <laughs> doesn't overstay it's welcome i guess yeah. we'll put it that way but no it's really easy and it's nice it's six and a half it does not drink like six and a half either no it kind of it really drinks more like a double yeah it does but without that over bitter quality it, it just drinks like a really nice double ipa yeah I mean, this is another one of those things where it's like, all right, look, uh, maybe our Midwest listeners, you can shoot over there, yeah. but otherwise you're going to have to take a trip. I'm angry now. But it's, it's worth it. Because I can't get it. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's wor- and you know what? I will say this, too. This is one of my things, and I've mentioned this before. Now, I mentioned this off mic because I've been to a few brew pubs, and uh, one of the critiques I tend to have is, look, your food is really good. Your beer is awful. Um, why didn't you just make a restaurant? <laughs> like that's, yeah. And that's kind of one of the things. And it's nice to see that a, a brew pub has phenomenal beer. Now I just kind of get them to overnight some food to us. Nah, and, uh, I, but but well, from what I've seen, like their food is also... What I saw like, on Facebook, yeah. yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the only uh, negative I will say right now is we should have gotten some food. <laughs> but, all right, on that note, uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined the phone by Brewmaster from Town Hall Brewery. Mike Hops is going to be talking to us about everything with the brewery and uh, some more great beers coming up here at the Beer Geeks on WILK. Have you been searching for the perfect engagement ring or an exquisite gift for a special occasion? Rainbow Jewelers is where you'll find it. Rainbow Jewelers, consistently voted the number one jeweler in the Wyoming Valley, has a large selection of GIA and EGL certified diamonds, engagement rings, necklaces, bracelets, and earrings. Rainbow Jewelers also has wedding bands, birthstone jewelry, mother's rings, all high quality at the best price. Plus, they sell citizen brand watches and offer jewelry repairs. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. The Target Shopper, savings in the mail. In this month's Target Shopper magazine, are you a puzzle fanatic? Then be sure to check out our new puzzle page sponsored by Domino's for your chance to win a gift package worth $500. Are you a crossword puzzle whiz? Maybe you're an expert at Sudoku or the Enigma Cryptogram. Whichever you prefer, just mail in one completed puzzle to enter to win. You can find the answers to each puzzle online at thetargetshopper.com. Plus, you'll find tons of amazing deals in the Target Shopper magazine from all of your favorite local businesses like restaurants, hair salons, retail stores, fitness centers, contractors, and more. The Target Shopper magazine is Northeast PA's leading direct mail magazine. And don't forget to check out our new puzzle page, sponsored by Domino's, for your chance to win a gift package worth $500. Find all of this and more in this month's Target Shopper magazine. Premium Midwest Beef is rolling their truck into the Wyoming Valley Mall parking lot. Right now is your chance to buy 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks. Yeah, you heard right. 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks. Stock up your freezer for the entire season. Tell your friends, family, and coworkers 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks. And that's not all. There are incredible bulk deals on other premium steaks, seafood, gourmet boneless chicken, and mouth-watering pork. Just look for the big truck and the big tent in the Wyoming Valley Mall parking lot. Compare these deals to Omaha Steaks. Nobody in the Wyoming Valley can compete with these prices. Nobody. Don't miss your chance to fill your grill with premium Midwest beef in the Wyoming Valley Mall parking lot. Open from 10 a.m. until the truck is empty. Buy 20 ribeye steaks for 25 bucks or other incredible bulk deals on premium steak, seafood, chicken, or pork. It's the premium Midwest beef truck sale daily from 10 a.m. until the truck is empty only in the Wyoming Valley Mall parking lot. Meat and a lot of it. If you're looking to get cash for your broken and unwanted jewelry, go to a reputable jeweler who's been in business for a long time, not one that appeared because the price of gold went up. Bring your broken and unwanted jewelry to Rainbow Jewelers. 
They're professionals and deal directly with the refiner. Rainbow Jewelers will tell you what your gold's really worth and pay you what it's really worth. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. Got some head nodding going on here. Yeah. Beer drinking. This is a good Sunday. I'll tell you that much. It's false <laughs> here, man. I love it. Oh, yeah. We're, we're getting full into it now, which is nice. And uh, it's a good time. I can wear my, my hoodies and all that fun stuff. I don't have to worry about wearing shorts and sweating to death. Yeah, that's sweat. <sighs> don't miss that one at all. <laughs> but uh, all right. So coming up now, we have with us on the line from Town Hall Brewery, Minneapolis, Minnesota, we have the brewmaster, Mike Hoops, joining us. Mike, how are you today, sir? Good morning. Afternoon, fellas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Morning for you. Afternoon, afternoon for, for us. us. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we have uh, already dipped, dove into some of the Fresh Hop 100, which was absolutely phenomenal. Well done on that one, sir. Oh, thank you. That's uh, that's always a fun beer. We look forward to making that thing, and, and then we have to make it. And then we get to drink it. <laughs> Even better. That's the more fun part. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, since we're on that one, I want to kind of ask you, is there, when you guys being in Minneapolis, Minnesota, do you have issues with getting, like, is there local hop farmers there? Is there issues? I mean, that's kind of a, a territory that's, you know, especially Minnesota for, uh, you know, really rough winters and all that fun stuff. How is it with crops with getting ingredients like that? Well, when we started making uh, beer with wet hops, it was 10 years ago. So there was really nothing available in, in Minnesota at all without dealing with the Yakima. So we worked with some of the some of the uh, some of the vendors and farmers in Yakima, and it worked out wonderfully. They they pick pick the they harvest the hops, uh, drop them on an overnight. We'd get them at you know six thirty in the morning, and they'd be in our kettle, um, which we actually still put them in our kettle. Um, is as far as now, there's an emerging hop industry in Minnesota. There there I, I can't the acreage. I don't know off the top of my head, but. Mm-hmm. There, there must be a dozen farms that are, are putting it together. Um, you know, there's there's quite a, a hop industry budding in Michigan as well. Um, but to get hops from Michigan, we might as well just get them from Yakima if yeah. we're going to do overnight stuff. Yeah. So now you're saying it's been 10 years. Like, when did the brew pub first open? Uh, we opened 18 years ago. Wow. Um, so we've been around. Uh, we've been around this game for a while. That's what was it? I mean, when when did you come on working there? So I worked for another brewery before coming. Uh, three years into to when they were open, 15 years ago, I started working with Town Hall Brewery. So at that point, what was the, the brewing scene? I mean, was there any brewing scene in, in Minnesota at that point? Well, there were some, some straggling breweries. Um, it, we've always had um, uh, August Shell um, Summit has, has been around for, mm-hmm. for a number of years, doing really good things in our area. But at the time, it was pretty limited on what was available. There were, you know, there were some brew pubs starting to get going. Maybe there was eleven breweries in Minnesota at the time, um, and the the consumers needed. Uh, well, it's not like it wasn't like today. They yeah. they had to be <laughs> convinced that it doesn't have to be yellow and fizzy to be good beer. That was gonna be my next question: Is did you have to spend a lot of time really educating the public on all of those things? Yeah, yeah, it definitely, you know, granted, there was a there was a core group that from day one, you know, they knew what craft beer was and they were into it, which was excellent, and they were bringing in some of their, their people and their friends. But, yeah, we had to go to nearly every table. You know, I would like XX, you know, mega brand. Sorry, we don't carry that, but we we make this and blah, blah, blah. So it was uh, it was definitely challenging in those days, you know, the, the late 90s. Yeah, we we had uh, Ron Jeffries on from Jolly Pumpkin a while ago, and he was talking about when they came out with the sours that he had to spend a lot of time talking to people about, like, no, this is what it's supposed to taste like because they weren't used to the sour flavor, but just really certain flavors in general. And he was getting calls of people trying to return the beer because it was soured, and he had to go spend the time telling them, no, it's supposed to be that way. But you know, you had to, you know, you have to kind of go through that in some of these areas, explaining like, no, it's supposed to be flavorful, which is funny to me that throws people off sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. So when did you get into brewing in the first place then? You said you were somewhere else before you went up at Town Hall. Yeah, I was, um, I'd was. i been employed three years at a brewery prior to that. And before that, I'd, I'd, you know, back in the day where getting brewery jobs wasn't very easy to do. We're talking like mid-90s. Um, I probably started bre- home brewing in um, maybe the late 80s. Oh, wow. um, 
and wanted to get into it and, and there were very, very few breweries around and, you know, that, those were still the days where you could knock on a door and, and you know, have them open, have the brewery people open the door and, and uh, if you did that enough, sooner or later they'd let you in just to make you go away and that's, that's how I got my way in. <laughs> that's usually the way you get yourself in or anything like that. So when, when the brew public, when you first came out, what were kind of some of the core offerings that were, were coming through? Well, we had... Uh, there were five beers at the time. I think maybe maybe one seasonal. Um, of course, there was the, the quintessential golden ale at that time. Um, but the uh, the best sellers were actually even at that time. There was an IPA and there was a inspired by a brewery in Seattle, uh, where the original brewery camp, brewer came from. Um, and then there was a Scotch ale as well. And that Scotch ale, um, it's still around today. Of course, the IPA is still our number one seller. However, I have to admit I put my own stamp on that beer <laughs> so now, what, what was kind of the first breakout beer for the brewery then that, that kind of really started to get the the ball moving for you guys it was the Mistella Mama IPA the uh at the time the beer bloggers were really really uh nice to us and had a lot of good things to say and it's amazing the power of the internet and uh fortunately you know they for for a lot of years they were offering us a lot of love which made me believe we we're making quality beer for them <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, it's great. And you guys have, I mean, you're, you're saying you started out with like five, uh, you know, you go on any of the sites now, like you have a uh, lot more than five beers that you, that you have offered. So what's kind of the difference? It's interesting, like the, the business setup for doing a brew pub. Like how does that, I mean, I don't know if you can speak to it as much with having been in the town hall for so long, but the difference with doing like a commercial brewing schedule versus at a brew pub, because you, you can kind of just keep turning around, throwing it on draft and going right out the door. Correct. That's one of the greatest things about being at a brew pub. We've got complete control of our beer from the time that we make it until the time that we serve it. So as far as ensuring quality, we're really lucky there. But it, it's it, relating to, to to Minnesota laws and the brew pub, that laws that we have to deal with, granted every every state is different, um, we can only sell our beer at our, at our restaurant, plural, S. So currently... Um, so that means we get to open more restaurants to sell more beer. Um, so as far as, you know, the, the question about trying to understand the schedule based on how many people walk in the door and sit down and order said beer is exactly what it is. It's, it's challenging, but now we've got three and three restaurants total and another one on the way. Um, so it's, it's challenging to say the least. Yeah. I mean, it's got to give you a little bit of uh, better understanding, though, too, because you're fully in control of those numbers. Like, there's no middleman that someone could screw it up. Like, you guys have it right there. What one's the most popular? And you kind of sort it out that way. I would, it, it, how many core beers do you have that, that are always available year-round there? You know, I think we're at uh, between the three restaurants. Not all of them have exactly the same house lineups. So we're, I don't know, it's five to eight. But, for example, at the brewery, you could walk in there today, and there's 15 different choices that we make. So there's there's a lot of options. Yeah. So what is the size of the brew house for you guys? Uh, we're still working on our original 1997 JV Northwest 10-barrel brew house. However, we've wow. expanded the brewery four times, and, and now we've got some 20-barrel uh, fermenters, so we're doing double batching and stuff as well. Okay, I was gonna just—I I didn't know what I was gonna say after that. If that was what you're going on, that was it. And so you—that's uh, so. How how often are you guys brewing in there then? Uh, we're probably uh, we're probably sitting around four to five times a week. Wow, that's that's really impressive. Like utilization of everything to get that kind of efficiency. Yeah. Well, I do have to tell you one thing. It we're, we're actually in talks. Right now, um, that original brew house and the the uh, efficiency numbers that are that it's offering, um, we've got another project in the works that that might include some sours. And I think we're we're talking about taking the original ten barrel ninety seven ten barrel brew house out and installing it in a new facility, and then maybe getting a, a more efficient, labor efficient um, system in the original brew house. So that'll that'll help us. Now, with those laws that you have, where you have your beer in house only, is that is it? Do you see, like, a lead at the end of the tunnel legislation-wise where you're going to be able to kind of expand out of that? Is that something that you're working for in-state or something that's already in, like, the works? We are, definitely. Um, as you can probably guess, opening and trying to operate all these restaurants, we're, we're plenty busy. But it's something that, that uh, there's, there's a core group of, of pretty good brew pubs in the state that are have banded together and are, are trying to change some things. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't very long ago that, that the... Um, 
the taproom bill in Minnesota, or, or otherwise known as the Surly Bill, got passed, and that that changed Minnesota brewing completely. So it's a, it's a good example of what what laws can anxiously awaiting um, getting more and more support, and and if the time comes where we get the opportunity to sell in the open market, we we relish that, and we want to be ready with with good quality beer from day one. Wow, that's great. I mean, you can see how you got, I mean, just the, the volume of beer you're putting out. I mean, I can't even imagine that you're going to get a more efficient system with that's going to do because you're getting this kind of efficiency with what you're working with. It's going to be uh, very impressive to see how that one goes. When you're putting yeah. when you're putting these recipes together, since you have the direct influence in-house of having the restaurant, like how much do you put a thought into the food and the beer and, and making recipes around food? Is that really a, a thought in the back of your head? You know, that's always been a challenge. Um, you know, I heard earlier you were talking about, you know, you go to brew pubs and their food is great and their beer is awful or yeah. <laughs> or vice versa. And and there certainly are some out there that, that have a good balance. And that's one thing we've always struggled with. I think the, the, the onus on, on THB from day one has kind of been, let's get some beer out there and do it well. And um, now with, with uh, you know, multiple people, multiple restaurants coming to the table, we're... we're always trying to include our food more and, and elevate the level of our food moving forward, and, and it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely one of those things that have gone hand-in-hand hand as craft beer has grown, is you're getting more of that foodie culture really coming into it, and people, you know, having those pairings together, and, and because as, as you learn more about beer and picking those flavors out, it, it kind of translates over into everything, whether you want it to or not, and it winds up ruining some things for you. Like, I, coffee's been ruined for me. I can't get trucker coffee like I used to love anymore, because I have to get, like, the good stuff. But that winds up happening, and like, how much do you see of people coming in of having Having those, you know, the, the knowledge, I guess, beforehand is now, instead of being told to them, you have a lot more knowledgeable consumers walking through the door, I would assume. Oh, absolutely. It, it's it's night and day difference from, um, you know, when we opened in 97. Um, now we're at the point where we're currently talking about menu designs. I think in the next month and a half, we have three beer and food dinners that we're, that we're hosting. So it, it's very, very important to people these days. And we now are trying to develop our our menus to incorporate um, food working with the beer as well, which which uh, I'm really pleased to see. No, that's great. I mean, it's always a great thing to have. Like we've done a couple of those events, and it's always very pleasing when people get those flavors lining up. So, as far as the brew pub, what are the future plans for you guys? Are you guys looking into getting into bottling and then kind of growing into that way? I don't know how the laws. I mean, forgive me because I don't know all. But I mean, we had uh, Omar from Surly on a while ago, but we didn't get specific on on the laws in Minnesota because I know they're vastly different from us here in Pennsylvania. But is there talks about you guys getting into bottling and doing that? Are you allowed to do that? Well, yeah. Without getting too far into it, generally in Minnesota, there's a there's a there's a brewery which was designed to sell uh, through distributor outside of its doors, and then by design, the a brew pub was a retailer sold inside of its doors. Now, um, we got growlers past boy, it, it wasn't that long ago, maybe eight years ago now, mm-hmm. or or so. Um, and then there was an attachment to that, so growler was defined as a 64 ounce jug. Um, and now we've got 750 milliliters attached to that as well um, shortly thereafter. So we can we can put our beer into to 750s and sell it as a growler, um, but that's the extent of what we can do. So currently uh, currently getting into bottles isn't, isn't super high on our list because it's um, packaging, fortunately or unfortunately, the way you look at it, we don't have to worry about packaging right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that opens up a whole other nightmare of uh, worrying about things that could go wrong, the equipment, yeah, all that fun stuff. <laughs> so is, are, are your, are your, um, uh, your ideal is pretty much to stay in-house and, be, and not expand too big? Not to say you wouldn't want to expand or do whatever, but you're happy just being self-contained within your area and doing good beer for, for the folks in your area. Yeah, per you know, per the law, we opened day one with that law, and, and we really can't stand around too much and cry about the law because it was there when we opened. Yeah. However, um, now within the parameters of the law, um, we'll follow it. So, so yeah, opening more restaurants and including you know a wider range of beers. As I mentioned, uh, I've been in the sours for years and years and years, never brought them into our our confined space. Um, and this new facility will be completely dedicated. Uh, to that, because consumers are speaking. Well, that's and the smart way to do it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so that will happen, and, and you know, that'll allow us to make X 
number more barrels of beer. And if the law ever changes, you know, I would imagine it wouldn't be very long before, you know, we had a production facility rolling as well. But currently that's that's not in our cards because it can't be. Yeah. Well, no, it's, so we have right now in our glass, so let's get into some of the beer since that's what we're doing. Uh, we have the Hop, or the Hope and King Scotch Ale. And first of all, where did the name come from? Because it's freaking complicated to say sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's kind of funny. You go to you go to beer festivals or, or people order it from the bar. It's amazing what people come up with with that name, actually. I mean, the Hop and King... Um, so Hope and King is, is based on a recipe that came out of a defunct brewery in in, in Glasgow, Scotland. It, it's, you know, typical, rich, uh, middle of the road, not hoppy, uh, caramel, toffee, roasty, chocolatey forward, scotch ale. Yeah, no, it, it's now this one, GABF, what did it win at GABF now? It's got, it, over the years, it's gotten three separate, it's got a, all three of them, it's got a bronze, a silver, and a gold, um, years, um, I don't remember. I think oh, the yeah. gold was the most recent. That was a couple of years ago. Now, th- is this isn't the one that you that the brewery started out with? Is this the Scotch you were talking about before the Scotch Ale, or is this a, a different? No, actually, the so when I when I started there, that was one of the five house beers, and okay. at the time, I'll, I'll be honest, it wasn't my favorite style of beer. Mm. So I I had completely planned on on dropping it from our line, and the customers and employees almost strung me up so <laughs> rather than, yeah it was it was bad so rather than uh, rather than going down that road um i just uh, thought maybe it was a good idea to review it and and tailored it you know made a few additions here or there to the point where where i enjoyed it enjoyed it happily and it seemed to have worked yeah tweaking is always better than death i will tell you that one <laughs> yeah. I, but no i'm the same way it's the scotch like more malty beers aren't really my cup of tea but uh, this is really phenomenal. You can see how this would win because it's just really clean. doesn't have a lot of that, that peat uh, taste to it. That's one thing that kind of puts me off in some of the Scotch Ales. Uh, especially American breweries have this emphasis on putting a lot of peat moss, that flavor coming through or that smoke into it. And this is really nicely balanced, and it's a lot more, it's not, it's not sweet in like an off-putting way, but it's just got a lot more of a sweet malt base to it than, than the other ones they typically have. Yeah, it works out really well too because um, you know you were you were asking earlier about the beginning days. How did we educate people? And that beer in particular, surprisingly, you know they want their yellow fizzy beer, and um, which there's nothing wrong with yellow fizzy beer. We've got a house logger on that's yellow and fizzy, so um, let me get that straight. But <laughs> so they would come in, they'd order their beer, and they'd be like, "Well, what is this new craft beer?" And we give them taste, believe it or not, of that beer, which is a, a pretty deep mahogany ruby colored beer mm. and you could just watch their eyes light up with oh now what's coming <laughs> and uh surprisingly that beer changed over a lot of people yeah. and they started drinking that beer and then they would go into um you know the pale ales and ultimately we get them hooked on on ipa no i could i could see that too because it's not it's got a lot of flavor but it's not overpowering it's got a really nice balance like that's what's i, I feel like the, the most of the beers that you're going to have they're going to turn people over has an emphasis on balance and this one you could tell there's a lot of attention paid to having that balance really honed in yeah that beer is great with with various foods as well so that works well in our menu yeah i can see this being great especially in the fall having some wild game with this or something especially in minnesota you got all the hunters and everything you get some good absolutely <laughs> hunters and root vegetables oh now you're making me real hungry. You guys should have sent food. <laughs> well, it's past lunch. You guys ate already. <laughs> You'd think so, but this is our lunch right now. <laughs> yeah. But now this is phenomenal. We have uh, one more we're going to have coming up, but uh, for right now we're going to cut it off. And Mike, I really appreciate you giving us a call, getting up on a Sunday morning, and uh, talking to us about everything. And you guys are really killing it. And we're very, very happy to be able to try some of these beers and then uh, talk about you guys. It's really good stuff that you're doing out there. And wish we were in Minnesota. It's the first hey, time I've ever said guys. that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, bye. Cheers. But uh, no, another great interview with a good guy. Knows what he's doing. It's it's cool to me to see that like happening. You know, like I said, it's the first time I've ever said I wish I was in Minnesota. But uh, no, this is really good stuff. Like to have that many restaurants going and pay attention to all those moving. It's hard enough. And you're not even brewing your own beer. No, yeah. no. Like, I, you you got to worry about the beer and the food. <sighs> 
Boy, what a competitive <laughs> disadvantage that 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 is for them. You know what I mean? Oh, just to, the laws just seem like it's like mi- yeah. they're be- mi- forcing them to earn a living to make things work. That's Running the, a restaurant is hard enough. Yeah. It's so hard. Like, can you imagine? Just all right. So we got to expand the brewery, but now we need kitchen staff. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just oh my. There's God. so many moving yeah. cogs you got to worry about, and then have to worry about the laws <laughs> that are in that state, and that's. We'll get more into the laws and stuff when we get back. That's a fun conversation. we got one more beer to work through. But uh, we'll take a break for right now here in the Beer Geeks WLK. We'll be right back. Believe it or not, winter is right around the corner. So come check out the jackets, sweaters, and long sleeve shirts available at one of the Salvation Army's seven local thrift stores. Some clothes still the tags on. So call 1-800-SA-TRUCK or visit satruck.org to schedule a pickup. Or better yet, bring your slightly used donations. Get a tax receipt, then check out the great fall bargains. The Salvation Army, serving the most people, meeting the most needs, doing the most good, right here in NEPA. If your credit card debt is out of control, if you're in over your head dealing with monthly payments, there's a powerful secret that credit card companies don't want you to know. If you have more than $5,000 in credit card debt, you have the right to settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. That's bad news for credit card companies, but it's great news for you. We're debt relief advocates, and we're offering you free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible and make your monthly payment affordable. To see how much you could save, call now, 1-800-400-8156. Don't declare bankruptcy. Give us 10 minutes, and we could save you thousands. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. Debt relief advocates live better debt-free. Find out how easy it is by calling now. For the secret the credit card companies don't want you to know, call Debt Relief Advocates now and see how much money you could save for free. Call 1-800-400-8156. That's 1-800-400-8156. Summer and golf are about to be things of the past. If you're like me, you haven't had your fair share of either. It's okay because good golf weather and Stonehenge Golf Incentives give you more reasons to play. Play the premier public course that boasts 6,600 yards and 71 chances at greatness. Drive a cart for 29 bucks weekdays and 39 bucks weekends. Golf Stonehenge. Call Stonehenge for tee times and details. 836-5108. Stonehenge. Country Club Field. Public Deal. Built for business. Comcast Business is offering 25 megabits per second internet from $69.95 a month. That means if you're still using slow DSL from the phone company, you have a decision to make. Do you switch to Comcast Business and get more speed for faster downloads or stick with slow DSL and watch your business stutter from slow speeds? Do you get internet that stays fast when other people are online or keep using slow DSL and have your employees struggle with lag time? The choice is yours. Switch to Comcast Business and get 25 megabits per second of fast, reliable internet from just $69.95 a month or stick with slow DSL and get slower speeds and more downtime at work. Make the smarter choice. Ditch slow DSL and switch today. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer ends 12-31-15. Restrictions apply. Two-year contract and subscription to Comcast Business Voice and Business TD required. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra. Today's GetMyPerks.com deal of the day is as crisp as a perfectly ripe apple. Grab a family fun pack with five tickets to DeHaven Family Farm for just $15. That's a $30 value for half price. DeHaven is a 30-acre fruit farm located in the beautiful mountains of Uniondale. With playgrounds, corn stalks, hay bales, a petting zoo, pumpkin patch, a hay wagon ride, and more, there's something for everyone to enjoy. Plus, stop into their store and check out home decor items, jams and jellies, stuffed animals, and maple syrup. And still available at GetMyPerks.com. Grab your tickets to Cork Wine Festival for half price. Oh, we're just having a good time. We just keep on chitter-chatting along, grabbing some good beer, and uh, we're cracking open our final one from Town Hall. We uh, open up the Grand Crew and, uh, you know, we were talking before before we went to break about the laws and everything. It's something that's funny. Like, we don't really think of it. I mean, we have listeners all over the world, which is funny to me to think that someone in some other country is listening to my stupid voice, but whatever. <laughs> um, but there's laws. Like, they, they go – it's one of the most interesting things, and I could never imagine. And there are lawyers now. Now that craft beer is growing, you have lawyers specializing in this industry. And it's like a real interesting thing is you're getting into different states. And you see it online all the time, too. It's funny that you could tell the people that, that – 
paid zero attention to the laws that are complained to breweries. Or, Why aren't you available in my state? And blah blah blah. Well, sometimes it, it's a legal thing. Like they yeah. just can't do it. There's there's been books. There's been laws on the books that prevent them from either having you know double digit ABV. And it's like, do I want to get into worrying about splitting my portfolio up and I can only avail you know have three of my beers available in this state? Or you know, there's other states where uh, macro breweries have like long been lobbying to basically keep craft beer out, whether it's through distribution channels, not allowing them to do it. There's all these different laws in all these different states. And, you know, we really only know our own. Like Pennsylvania is weird when we go over into New York and we see how New York is. And it's like, oh, it doesn't make sense. Why are we this way? It's it's a bizarre cup game. I don't even want to explain it. If you ever go on social media. Um, <laughs> don't, it, first of all, don't. 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 <laughs> and, and, and every now and then you'll see a post that pop up like BuzzFeed kind of stuff and it'll be like yeah. 10 craziest laws in the United States and it'll be like you can't walk a goat on a Sunday yeah. in Minneapolis or you go to jail. Yeah. That's pretty much every That's alcohol beer, and beer, beer laws. laws in the United States. It's a temperance teetotaler yeah. like crazy old school like 1900s laws that have been, never been yeah, that no one's ever ta- No one's ever touched. Yeah. They've just kind of been sitting there and then eventually someone will go, hey, wait a minute. This is make any sense like that that's what blows my mind more now is look i understand uh you know if you want to go back to you know the olden days of prohibition when a lot of these things really started coming about like the laws that are still in the books which still blows my mind because everything else has changed but um you have these laws thrown in the books and if you want to go back to that okay but at the same time we're talking about things in you know i shouldn't even just say the u.s in the world economy we're not doing so great. So this is a way to kind of make some money. So to me, it's almost a common sense of like, well, why not work with this to make it that you're going to get tax revenue? You're always looking for things like, why not just kind of make this make a little more sense for a business standpoint? People aren't necessarily going to go, oh, wow, I can buy a bottle. I'm going to get hammered. Like, no, that's not really how, yeah. how it works. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's just something that doesn't make sense to me from a business standpoint of, of what you're trying to do to, to turn things around. But, you know, who am I? Uh, it's just one of those things that it, it's funny when you look at it. It's kind of like, well, I can't believe that exists. But that that law that you laugh at is hindering someone's business. Yeah, and not even that. It's hindering economy. It's hindering yeah. jobs. It's hindering so many things. You know, like you, you have someone sitting there and be like, oh, we want to generate more jobs and let people yeah. do, do things they want to do that really aren't that negative. Yeah. Unless and, you're in... I don't know. 1920. <laughs> yeah. If you're walking around saying that all the time. And <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. It's just it's so bizarre to me that it's still on the books, and, and especially that now that there's a track record. Like, I could understand if we went back 10 years when a lot of these laws, used, that's when the, a lot of the lobbying was going on. Like, 10, 15 years ago, you saw all these, you know, people that are opening up craft breweries going, like even Sam Calagione, when he was opening up Dogfish, had to go lobby the local government. Like, all these people were going to their local governments to, to change orders because of the fact that they had these issues that they were up against. And like they're trying to, to work through these things, so they had to go through this process to, to work on this. But now that there's a proven track record, like it's not just, hey, this is what I want to do and I think it can be successful. It's now, hey, this is what's going on. It is successful. Here's the growth rate that the entire industry has been going through for the past 10 years, and it's double digit. Find any other business that's been going through that. Like, that's what's more amazing to me is that like, that's not starting to change some people's minds. Like, look, I understand there's a lot more to it than this simplistic way of stating things. But there's a lot there that can be shown of like, look, it's not causing this uh, growth and all these different things. It's it's really just become something that, that people care about and they're passionate about. And it's a growing industry. And speaking of, oh, this is going to be fun. We have a growing industry we have on the phone. Johnny. From three guys in a beard. Johnny, how are you, hey sir? Guys. What's how are going you? on? Hey, man. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, you know, enjoying some good times. How are you doing? Beautiful. Good. It's just cruising on the highway listening to, uh, listening to your show. Aww. Talking about the beer lives. How about that stuff? <laughs> That's the good stuff, bud. That's what that is. Well, you you just you just kind of went through that, you know, a new law, you know, for you guys to open your, your, your pub in Carbondale. Like, sure talk did. about that. Well, I'll tell you what. Before... This new law went through in May. It was uh, it was we were hard pressed to even do anything like we're doing now. Um, we were only allowed to sell growlers and cases at the brewery only, which was which is fine. We enjoyed that. We loved having people come down, but we wanted to do something more. Um, and now with with new law change, they finally gave all us small small breweries a chance to you know make some more revenue and sell pints of beer, six pack, twelve pack. And uh, I'll tell you what, I- I'm happy. And I know a lot of the other local brewers that are able to do this now are very happy. 
Um, before, I mean, you had to have a rooftop license to do it, and you know that came with uh, a whole ton of other restrictions. So, you know that would uh, prohibit us from doing it. So this is actually like this is a, a separate facility from your from your rooftop, if or from your brewing facility, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yep, yeah. It's a, it's a storage license that we have for it, and what that allows us to do is we can do everything that we're allowed to do within our brewery, except manufacture beer. So. You know, so we can't make beer over there, which is fine. I mean, we don't really have the space for it anyway. But, you know, we're, we're able to provide a nice spot for people to come, you know, have some food, have some beers. You know, I'm not, I didn't call it to top my place. I just called it to weigh in on, you know, the, the, the new law change and how it's really going to help a lot of us local guys out. Yeah, and that's what's cool to see that. Someone's finally kind of waking up and doing something to make it that it's helping a business grow, which is going to in turn help a community grow. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Virginia did it, uh, I think, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And within the first year, year and a half, they saw 40% growth in all their local breweries. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's I mean, no-brainer. Yeah. That's and, I'm, we're, and we're glad they did it. Yeah. that's why It's amazing to me that to hear people like make the argument against at this point where it's like, look, I understand what you're going off about, but at the same time, like, we're in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> you got to deal with money and business and like, and, you know, we're not dealing in space bucks when we're doing yeah. this stuff. Like, this is real. Well, I don't know about yeah. you. I'm getting all my money. <laughs> Depending on what day of the week it is, if I'm getting space bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thank you for going. Give us a call, John. I really appreciate it. It's always a good time to talk to you, bud. Hey, no, don't worry, guys. Thanks, See you uh, next week, buddy. Talk, talk <laughs> Cheers, brother. No, it, it's it's cool to me to see that. I mean, that's what's really that's a real world effect of this. Like that's what's happening is like you see these laws changing and you see what it does economically. But then you have like places like you you mentioned like uh, Dogfish had Sam Caldioni. He just literally tried to expand. I think it was what late last year, yeah, and, and they still were issue. fighting him. Yeah, like listen, his brewery in his Rehoboth Beach thing is kind of what made that area be, grow, and they're still fighting him. And I, I don't want to be uh, controversial or upset any people, but it's just it's an old way of thinking, and and I get it. You know, it, it's just an old school. You way don't of have thinking. to say anything. We all know yeah. what you're thinking, and it's just like that's the kind of thing. It's like you, you, I get that, and I get what, yeah. <laughs> so Let's put it this way. You couldn't buy beer on Sundays in Pennsylvania up yeah. until about 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and I get that. Like, we don't like change. We like our comfort zones and blah, 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 blah. I, I understand I that. But at the same change. time, like the, especially in this industry, as it's growing and as we're seeing what it's doing as a trickle down to the yeah. other things, it's not leading to, I mean, I guarantee you, I haven't, I'm not going to sit and say I would looked at the studies, but I guarantee there hasn't been this ginormous Bike in alcohol-related anything, you know, uh, you know fights or, or I, I'm guaranteeing there hasn't been anything like fatalities. Or there has been a huge spike since this craft beer thing has gone on because most of the people that are into this, it, it's a more respectful thing. It's because they want to enjoy it, not because of the effects of it. Yeah. And I'm not going to poo-poo on anybody, but that's more the reason why people get into macro things is to have the effects of it. You're not really drinking that for the flavor. I'm well, just saying, not yeah. trying to be a jerk. I'm yeah. just a, l- a lot of the laws are old school mentality is basically what you're yeah. saying. And then the people who make, pass, and uphold laws tend to be quite old. So what you're seeing is now you're getting younger people in, you know, legislative. Yeah, so what guard. you're saying is that our legislators are like the two old guys on the Muppets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I That just made my day. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, let's get back to this one because we really got the chance to talk about this one. This is uh, the Grand Crew from Town Hall. This is a 9.5% Belgian strong dark ale. does not look like a strong dark ale. No. But uh, really, it's great to see. I mean, just what we had today. We have a fresh hop. And then we wound up having a Scotch ale, and now we have a nice Belgian variation. It was a very good kind of transitional. Yeah. Um, for, for three yeah. beers, it really showcased a good range of, of what's going on at the brewery, and to have a couple different things in there instead of just, you know, oh, we're no fry IPAs. Here's six IPAs. Like, yeah. like I, I get you're good at them, but I like to see what the talents of what's going on behind there because, you know, once you dial in a style and you get it really well, you can do 20 variants on it that are also good, but, you know, you kind of become a one, one-trick pony. Yeah. And uh, if there's one thing you can tell you, you just hop on Rate Beer or Beer Advocate for Town Hall just to look at the lists of beers. You will <laughs> yeah. never say, oh, what a Sit one-trick pony. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down. It's going to take a while. <laughs> that's that's going to be your afternoon. It's going to be kind of sliding through, looking at all the ones that they have. I mean, right now, on Beer Advocate, you go to the current beers. is 164. Archived, you have 330. <laughs> 
Wow. And, and they do make a lot of different beers. And like you said, it's not a matter of them actually making a bunch of different beers. These are all growlers they just filled. Mm -hmm. So they have all this stuff available. So it's not like they're just making a bunch of IPAs, yeah. then making a bunch of this. It's like, you know, you went, you went American and IPA. And his, the system that they're brewing on. Blows my mind. Yeah. You're doing this on a 10-barrel system. Like, yeah, they have two 20-barrel fermenters, but it's like you're still doing this in the same system from 1997. And they're only brewing four days a week. I expected yeah. them to say. Oh, I expected them to 24-7. Yeah, I expected <laughs> them to be how many days a week? 17 yeah. days a week. I was That's thinking 35 hours a day, seven <laughs> days. <laughs> like, what the? But, yeah, I, that... That blew my mind. Like that. That's the one thing. Like then that show. What is impressive too is saying that to him. Like yeah. Well, we're looking at getting a system that gets us more efficient. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like I want to see how much you could turn around at that point if you're getting this kind of efficiency and this quick turnaround on that. And they're good. They're clean. Like all these beers that we've had have been extremely clean, which is great. Like nothing sitting there lingering heavy. Nothing was overly done. It was just like super easy drink. This would be a great one to go. Like if I was in Minnesota and they have what they say they have five. Restaurants now, and they're yeah. opening a six. Is that what he said there was? Or okay, and um, Bill, go and sit down, and have some really good spend food a couple hours. Oh my god, yeah. this would be just work your way down the list of everything, trying all the stuff, and like pairing up with some good food, and like having that. Like that's what's awesome to have that like a good <coughs> brew pub. Like that's what I think every local area needs is a good brew pub. Yeah, it's, it's, I agree. It's, 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 it's not just a bar. It's a yeah. meeting place. It's a communal it's a thing. It's like a public house, what they, were yeah. some, what they were meant to be, like a good community place to sit down. And especially to have like a brew pub where you're having like local made beers with some really good food. Like I think every local community needs something like that as like just like a little meeting house for everything. It's not for people to go and get fushnockered. I just wanted to. Fushnockered? Yeah. Is that even a word? <laughs> it is fushnickered. Yeah. I'm um, saying fushnockered. Yeah. I'm making it okay. up. Hey, I live in NEPA. I can say whatever I want. Just say that. <laughs> it works. It's a but, soft end. But uh, no, the, you, it's not for that. It's, it's to be able to sit down. And, God, it's, <laughs> I have to bite my tongue so hard right now. But uh, uh, there's, I lost my train. <laughs> I win. But it's, it's, it's to be able to go and sit down and have this experience. That's why I think it's really cool to have like a nice brew pub with a lot. And then have that many of them too, where you have that like going on throughout the state, like a couple different ones. And I couldn't even imagine the logistical nightmare trying to, Organize and like do all that, like working on menus, worrying about food in different places, worrying about beer in different places, and going through all that. So, I mean, I, I think he even kind of basically said uh, it's it's somewhat of a blessing that we're not having to bottle right now. That I don't have to worry about that end of the business going on as well, because I could imagine that just becoming because they're probably worried about staffing a dishwasher for Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that pain. <laughs> But like go, going through all that, I mean, it's just a super impressive thing. And to have these beers be this good, that it's just, you can see why they have the, the, the following, the buzz that's kind of building around them. That they're becoming known in their area. I and mean, that's how I stumbled upon them was just hearing about them, you know, because they're so known in Minnesota as being just a really great. I mean, how often do you hear of a brew pub outside of the state they're in? Like, it's very rare that you hear people touting that brewery because they have distribution. But this is a brew pub. It's only in that state. And you're hearing about the buzz about them. So I mean, that just really showcases what they're going on. And uh, great brewery. Another great show. Another great time. And uh a lot coming up next week. Billy's going to be at the Fall Fest because you got that going on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Won't be here. Yeah. I'll be down there on Saturday slinging some, yeah, some Blind Tiger beers. Yeah, want to come, come down on, on down Saturday? Come on down and visit us. Yeah. Uh, get the deets on the book. It'll be some good stuff. Just trust me. If you are into beer, you want to do the Blind Tiger thing, it's uh, going to be worth it. Just say that and you'll enjoy it. And uh, next week we have coming up, we're going to be doing, we're going to be short a few because George is too good for us and is traveling. As usual. We're on radio, Mark George. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding my head. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can see that. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a pumpkin beer showcase. Since we're getting into October now, uh, we have a slew of really good pumpkin beers kind of going all over the gambit because it's become more than just pumpkin beer style. It's gone into all different things. So we have some pumpkin sours. You know, pumpkin IPA, a whole bunch of stuff. So it'll be a nice, interesting one next week to kind of work through that style. No guests. So you get to listen to me ramble on. <laughs> yeah, baby. Good times. But uh, yeah, we'll be back here uh, next Sunday noon. The Beer Geeks here on WILK. Until then, cheers, everybody. Cheers, cheers, cheers. cheers.